podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Looking for a new career? Welcome to Do HVAC Training Service Center in North Charleston. Enroll today in our comprehensive HVAC training hands-on field experience-based program covering troubleshooting, maintenance, installation, and more on various HVAC systems and ductwork. We offer EPA and NAIT preparation and testing along with various certifications. Enjoy payment options. Take advantage of their November specials. Achieve certification in under five months. Enroll now for your new journey of skill development and career advancement. Log on to DEWH backtrainingsc.com to register. No, I'm not going to try any gambling puns for this preview of the Las Vegas Grand Prix because Crofty will not be able to help himself. I am throwing up in my face, my mind, my whole body is against everything that's going to come out of Sky F1 this weekend and we haven't even reached Wednesday, the grand opening ceremony of the Las Vegas Grand Prix which will probably be in your ears when you're listening to this. But I am excited because it is going to be freezing cold. There will be no temperature in the tyres and most of the grid will likely crash in the first corner. But at least we have some interesting American racing. If you completely ignore the fact of the US Grand Prix and, of course, Miami, which has become somewhat better. But that's okay because in this episode of Lakeside Drive F1 podcast, the Australian opinion on Formula 1... We look at the third home race of Logan Sargent, the Las Vegas Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my United States friend, loving friend and yours, Thomas J. Camp, back on the podcast. G'day, mate. Hello, mate. How are you? Sorry, listener, I was away. I am. Why in the bush last weekend doing some manly things, which was good. (laughs) You're yearly <laughs> reminding yourself that you are almost Bo Miles compilation uh, yeah. record. Yeah. Um, look, it's great to have you back. You weren't around for our Brazilian Grand Prix review or the Sao Paulo Grand Prix. It's actually, it was technically called, but yeah. uh, for the ease of everyone listening, the Brazilian Grand Prix, uh, we'll get some thoughts on that. Um, but there's some news more generally, Campy, that I would like to get into yeah. right up the top, if you don't mind. Um, we're going to start with Haas. Now, they had something to say about the US Grand Prix many weekends ago now and track limits violations. Uh, they had what apparently was supposed to be new evidence to prove to the stewards that Kevin Magnussen and Nico Hulkenberg were fine. Um, they forgot the fact that any camera that they have access to the stewards in the FIA have many, many more cameras, and so the stewards completely dismissed that reveal review, uh, which is absolutely not surprising, Gabby. Well, new evidence. It's not the new evidence in uh, Donald Trump's indictments that keep coming forward, just pulled from anywhere. <laughs> Sounds like half have done the same thing, I think. So, uh, yeah, look, I understand why they probably tried to make the moves they did just with uh, the resurgence of Alpha Tauri and Danny Rick since since the mid-season break anyway. that You know, they're bound to lose, what is it, up to about 15 million bucks, which is massive for mm. an organisation like that. I think, I think Alpha Tauri have gained, what, 33 million from their position in the World Champion, uh, the World Constructors Championship since the mid-season break to where they are now. So, I, look, financially, I... Totally get it. Have a crack and see what you can do. Sometimes you have a win, sometimes you don't. 
they obviously had a case, but uh, the adjudicators thought otherwise. So good on them for having a crack, but it's a bit of a, yeah, it's a bit of a, yeah. Know, what's the metaphor I'm using? I'm drawing for a lot of It's a hail mary, as far as I'm concerned. It is. I was thinking because for, I was thinking they like are a wind in a in a tornado or something, but that's wrong. <laughs> I normally make these up on the spot and totally stuff it up. It's like wind in a tornado. Discord, you know what to do. Add it into the campy-specific thread in there. His campy sayings. You are. That's true. Uh, Haas are 10th in the Constructors' Championship uh, campy on 12 points. As you said, AlphaTauri, 21 points. Alpha Romeo, 9th on 16 points. So uh, AlphaTauri chasing Williams for seventh. They've gone from last to seventh in the last couple of rounds and uh, Daniel Ricciardo and Yuki Tsunoda to thank for that. Um, very interesting finish to the Brazilian Grand Prix campy. Photo finish with Alonso, the most interesting part of the whole weekend. Um, Sergio Perez feels like he is coming back. That is the articles going into this week. The Daniel Ricciardo rumours this is according to other people, have cooled down slightly of his return to Rebel Racing for next season. But there is a Daniel Ricciardo Red Bull Racing hat for sale right now on Rebel and F1's websites that have added energy bars on the back for uh, extra Daniel Ricciardo nerds. <laughs> Why does my hat have an energy bar? Um, do you think that there is truth to Perez's confidence after racing Alonso but yet still coming forth? No, he is on the best car in the group that has won <laughs> every race bar one this year, and he's done absolutely nothing since about round six or seven. And, yes, he's had some better results in the last few races, but he still hasn't been on a podium, and regardless of whether he'd got third on the weekend, he's done. There is not a chance you would take a punt on that guy next year. He's Crumbled at the seams, and he might have had a bit of confidence build back, but no, it, it's it's all happening. We know how F1 works. We know how the rumour mill works. Uh, there's speculation from fans for a bit, and someone in the team says something stupid, and then they apologise publicly for it, and then after the apology, then all is well and good in the team, and he'll be here next year, and then his performances continue to shit the bed completely and then the team's still backing him but everyone else is talking about even Sky F1's talking about the return of Daniel Ricciardo and I think I think Daniel didn't do much over the Brazilian weekend in order to keep the pressure and the conversation on about him after what he did in Mexico but that first lap incident there's not much you can do I mean he performed well in the sprint race but he got got out qualified by Yuki uh in both the sprint and the uh, and the normal qualifying, but I think that's got to do with car setup. He's definitely trying to take the car in a certain direction, and with one hour of practice on a sprint weekend, it, it doesn't work for him. But the, I mean, still, what a drive for him to come back to where he did. Yeah, all you know, I mean, it's motorsport; these things happen, Jim. So, anyway, he's done and dusted. <laughs> and if I mean, how's the fairy tale? Danny Rick in Las Vegas. I mean, is there a track that he is born to perform at more than any other place? Well, this is where he gets it done on the biggest stage, and 
Oh, look, he's going to have a great weekend this weekend, and the chat we'll have after the race is, oh, well, when's Danny Rick going to sign? So that's my prediction. But <laughs> unlucky for Checo. I'm not sure he gets a seat next year if he doesn't get one at the top team. So mm. I think Liam Lawson, he's, yep. he's done nothing but uh, increase the value of his reputation and stocks within the sport. And uh, if you're Red Bull, you won't want to be getting rid of him. No, Liam Lawson is, I think, still in the frame. That's why they secured him for that reserve drive, not the Red Bull reserve driver which is and AlphaTauri, which is what he was known as before his return to, well, his debut, I should say, to Formula One after Daniel Rick's return to Formula One. He's going to be locked in, uh, and Checo's only opportunity realistically is going to be Williams. Um, Logan Sargent admits Campy after Brazil. He was one position away from the points, even though most of the field retired at that point. Uh, he said he wasn't quick enough um, in Brazil. Do you think he's been quick enough at all this year? Well, you got a point in one race because of a couple of disqualifications. No, I just think he's... <laughs> No, I think he's lacked it. I think he's been two or three tenths off where he's needed to be all the time. He has improved, and we've given him at the start of the year. I mean, you have no expectation for drivers. They're almost guaranteed half a year to to give it a shot and see how they go. But since that half-year break and the pressure has increased, he's gotten better, but his performances haven't warranted him a drive next year. It's unfortunate. Maybe it's the car. Mm. But you've got to take your chances. These chances don't come around often. You know, we've seen this sport give second and third chances in the last five or six years, but we've never seen that. Yesteryear, they used to give guys two or three races, and that was it. If you didn't get it in that, you were done. So uh, the cream always rises to the top in this sport, and the, the, the. the calibre of drive you are represents the drive you have and your, and your longevity in the sport. And uh, unfortunately, I just think Sergeant, although it's good for America to have, you know, a full-time F1 driver, I just don't think it's worked the way that it worked out the way that they probably wanted it to. And uh, it might just be a bit of a footnote in history. Prove me wrong. I hope he does. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's not quite there for him. Yeah. Talking about uh, cream rising to the top, uh, Michael Crack, and I can't, for you, the Boxer Neutrals listeners also across on this, I can't not think of this apart from thinking Alexander Michael Crack, so that's a little Easter egg for you. Um, he's adamant that they're able to fight McLaren for P4 by the end of this season. Um, some upgrades finally working for them camping in Brazil, it has to be said. Uh, Lance Stroll, are we calling him cream rising to the top? Probably not, but he managed to put it in third based on purely circumstance around him, not his actual pace. Uh, But the car more generally seems to be much better suited to what we saw at the beginning of this season. We know a lot of these teams obviously progress themselves as you go along for upgrades. Um, We said this on the podcast last week that they were doing an open viewing test session for the last couple of Grand Prix they now arrived here. I think there's probably a good chance that we'll see the street circuit. Alonso try and take it to a podium. We'll talk about our predictions later on. But Mike Crack is saying that they're going to be fighting for, with McLaren for that P4 position. It's going to be really tight, though, because McLaren, Norris has been on it since Austria. Yeah, he has. And Oscar has had his weekends, albeit the last couple he hasn't he hasn't done as well. I think a bit of that circumstantial as well. But, um, I mean... I expected a little bit of a, a drop in performance from Oscar after the massive highs that he's that he had getting that you know that first podium and the P two in the sprint race as well. So you know Oscar's there and he's got a long time in this sport, but uh, 
Yeah, Aston Martin, we've seen we've seen the gains that McLaren have made since the start of the year, so it's not out of the realms of mm. expectation that a team like Aston Martin, who performed the way they did at the start of the year and then dropped off dramatically to having some of their worst races in the last few rounds to bounce back at Brazil. Brazil's a bit of an outlier. It's a funny track in the sense that it's a, mm. it should be a high downforce, you know, slow-speed corner track, but it's not. It's it's super high flying. It's a bit of a anomaly. It's a bit like Imola in that sense. So if their car is extreme in a particular area, uh, in downforce levels, then it doesn't surprise me that their car would work in a place like uh, Brazil. But I would suggest they'd probably figured out something with that car that they needed to with the upgrades that they've bought, and uh, they're back on track. Do they fight? I'm not sure they do. This track is very going to be – this is a McLaren track. In, in the terms of this track is uh, and the way it's designed and it's high speed, you know, I think it would be 70-plus percent full throttle for the lap, um, just going off what people are talking about thus far. So that will be a McLaren strong track and it will also be a Williams favoured track. I don't think I don't think the Aston Martin suits that. They're more of a, a uh, Barcelona slash, you know, slow to medium corner generating a lot of downforce. I think the Red Bull of yesteryear, from 2016 with a high rake and high downforce when they were battling Mercedes. That's where the Aston Martin's car's strengths are. So I don't think it will suit them very much, but prove me wrong. So, Listener, if uh, if the dog in the background is annoying you, Sorry, Bonnie, uh, she's very... She's very sweet. You can uh, go onto our Discord server, join the uh, that. The link is in the description, and you can go into the Lakeside Drive Cats and Dogs, and you can see a photo of Bonnie. She's getting very excited and uh, pissed off that people are saying that Daniel Ricciardo is not going back to Red Bull. And fair enough too, Bonnie. I'm with you. Uh, 21 points is all that separates uh, McLaren and Aston Martin Campy, so it will be very interesting to see what happens? Stroll will cost them that position in the World Championship. He's already cost them that position for the entire season yeah, by not scoring exactly. the points when they were the second fastest car in, in all that time. All right, let's go to our Discord comment of the week. And now it's time for the Discord comment of the week. Uh, this week it comes from Brabham. Uh, talking about Daniel Ricciardo's next Enchante drop. He's had a few of them at the moment. He says, if Ocon released a delighted, in English, <laughs> themed clothing range in France for insane prices, I doubt it would have the same reaction. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good, Very Robert. good. Very good. Very, very good. Well done by you. Thank you so much for being part of the Discord. Uh, you can join the Discord right now. Link is in the description. Such a great community of people there. We love every single one of you. And we love you all getting involved. Uh, we're going to take a quick ad break. We'll be back to preview the Las Vegas track. All right, we're back. And we're it's time, Campy, to talk about an upside-down pig. Spider pig. <laughs> spider pig does whatever. A Las Vegas <laughs> F1. First time as a promoter pig can do. Uh, yeah, interesting. Right. Let's just go through this a little bit because ten years ago, like Dilbert, that's what it looks like from the side on shot. Mm. Spider pig, but oh, okay, very good man. All right, well, as it looks like from here, it looks like Spider Pig and Homer, you know, <laughs> Simpsons movie. That's where that comes from. So <laughs> the internet wins. What? Uh, what is? That's true. Not always. Sometimes. Anyway, some comments are very interesting. 
What's very interesting, Campy, is this is the first time that F1 is the promoter for the actual race. Yeah. So what does that mean? Well, to use the Australian Grand Prix as an example, Australian Grand Prix Corporation uh, runs both rather the F1 at Albert Park and at Phillip Island, the MotoGP, and that's a corporation. And every promoter, that's what you call them, exists at a racetrack. Now, Formula One has decided that Vegas needs to be a thing, right? And that means they get to run all of the VIP suites, everything, all of the music bill, the whole lot. It's very impressive. And by all accounts, the actual building itself, the pit building itself, is incredibly impressive to look at. It's cost a lot of money. It's pissed off so many locals. I have seen so many YouTube videos, Twitter slash X comments and all this stuff, that locals who are just totally against it because of the disruption that has been yeah. in Vegas. Can't say yeah. I blame them. It looks like it has been an absolute nightmare. Yeah. But the reality is, Campy, when we first announced this a couple of years ago, I think, uh, it was, you know, sort of this massive deal. It was going to be super, super expensive. People like it was going to sell out. F1 was stopping venues. If you could see the strip or you could see part of the circuit, they were stopping venues from being able to look. So putting up screens or putting film on glass and all that kinds of stuff. Now, what's really interesting, a couple of days out from this event, there is still tickets left. There are quite a lot of tickets left by all accounts. Really? A lot of venues, so restaurants, who thought they would be very booked out for this time are not. not. And hotel prices, if you go onto your hotel booking site of choice, are normal weekend rates for Las wow. Vegas hotels. Cheaper than most places that have Formula One. Cheaper than Milton Keynes through the British Grand Prix, which is still half an hour away from the circuit and still costs more than what I would pay for the same equivalent style accommodation in Las Vegas. What I'm finding very interesting, Campy, is that this has been billed as one of the biggest events on the calendar. Everyone's excited. There has been so much press yeah, yeah. because, and I know one of the guys who's helping run all the social media accounts and the press, and they've been doing heaps of work on this for more than 12 months. But is it a case of build it and they will come? Or do you think the combination of very cold nights, which is a thing in Las Vegas, At night, yep. a, a very late race, trying to warm tyres up, a brand new circuit that's not been rubbed in yet, a whole bunch of things. Do you think, and I'm not, I am have an opinion one way or the other, to be honest. I'm excited to see what happens. I'm not a negative about it. I'm just curious. Your opinion, Campy, do you think this is going to be a success in seven days' time when we talk or do you think it's going to be absolute fail town? Well, from what I know of F1 and particularly street circuits, we've got one here in Melbourne, it is a TV viewing sport. It is an, it's amazing to go and see cars do 300-plus kilometres, break at 75 metres, blind into a corner and hang on to it and hear the noises that the car makes screeching out of it. So, But once you've seen it for 15 to 20 minutes at the same place, you then have to walk for the better part of the whole practice session or the session you are currently in to see a different view of the track. Now, what I'm trying to say is it is a TV-friendly sport and the TV doesn't do what these cars actually do in real life in justice. So for Las Vegas, it's going to be a street circuit. I think it's interesting to me because when 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 the race first got announced, I jumped online, tried to book a hotel straight away so that we could be there, and it was blocked out. You couldn't do it. And it stayed like that for at least six months. We heard rumours of... 
five million dollars for a weekend corporate sleep and stuff like that, which people have the money to spend, and we thought they would. I think where F one has got this wrong is the commercial side of it and the way that they've probably treated not only not just the residents of Las Vegas, but probably the the greater commerce sector, it being the hotels and, you know, trying to put screens up over a track that look over a strip so you could watch it from your balcony. You would think those hotel rooms would command sky high. But I think they've probably jumped the gun in the amount of money that they thought was going to come in to Vegas for the weekend and the reality of what's going to happen. And I think that's probably why we're seeing the the lack of ticket sales and the cheap, you know, the normal weekend rates for Vegas. It'll be a spectacle, no doubt, and everyone will talk mm. about how amazing it is, how great it is. But as a promoter, running an event for the first time, they will learn things very quickly this weekend. I've always said that I don't think Vegas should be an every year event. It should be, a you know, every two years, biannual. It's not actually biannual. I've got that biennial, I think, is the right word. But um, every two years, well, my missus correct me on that. She's a sucker for the English language. So, uh, Did you say biennial? Oh, I can't remember. Twice a millennium. <laughs> oh, no, it's something else. It's biased. Anyway. Every two years. I understand what you mean. Buy Every two is years. Twice yeah, we'll a stick year, with which, it. Uh, I'm yep. such a spanner, aren't I? Anyway, someone will poke <laughs> Mate, fun you at and me. me are gum nuts together. Mate, someone <laughs> will poke fun at me for being a white nationalist on the bloody thing. <laughs> 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 anyway, yep. so I what I'm trying you. to say is I think, mm. I think F1 as a promoter will learn some very big lessons this weekend. I think Vegas as a city will learn some very yeah. big lessons this weekend. This sport needs 90% of what they do needs to be geared towards the everyday fan and the and the fan that yep. is coming to it. The 10% of the F1 paddock and the glitz and glamour and the, the Monaco style of our sport is remained for that and that's where it should stay. But if the event's not geared to that, I think they'll learn some lessons pretty quickly. But Vegas will be here to stay. I'm looking forward to yep. the racing. I don't. I'm not too worried about the on-track stuff. Um, if anything, it'll be good for Haas because they can warm up tyres really well. Although they burn them out really quickly too. It could be the sweet spot that they've looked for all year. <laughs> yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, it'll be a spectacle. It doesn't matter what time the race is in Vegas because that city doesn't sleep. You know, it doesn't mm. matter if it's at midnight, two a.m. in the morning. People will still attend it and see it. So that's uh, good for the world. View and the world feed too. So, yep, yeah, I'm optimistic that it'll be very good, but I'm just not sure that's where the sport needs to be heading in that direction. So, I'm very curious, listener. Well, if you're watching on YouTube, the easiest thing. I'm, I'm curious on your opinion. What do you think it's going to be like? Leave just let me know in the comments. But also, if you are from Las Vegas, please get in touch yeah. because I would love to know your opinion of the race. Are you excited about it because you're a Formula One fan? Uh, and if you are, maybe you've got some friends or some family that aren't excited and have hated it. Uh, we all know what it's like to traverse a city when there's roadworks going on, but just seeing some of it has been very, very interesting. Regardless, it's a brand new Grand Prix circuit. It is here to stay because F1 own it, so it's not going yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Um, and the building itself will obviously stay there all the time. It's slated to become Formula One's headquarters in the US, so that's pretty cool as well. At least it's going to have multiple uses through the year. 
Uh, yeah, I'm just interested. Uh, I mean, they've, they've got an opening ceremony, as I alluded to in my introduction, which is ridiculous to me. Um, on Wednesday, if you're going with Tiesto and John Legend uh, headlining the opening ceremony, um, I, I don't know anything else about it and it sounds a little ridiculous to me, but that's the whole part of going to Vegas. It's all just a little bit ridiculous. Campy, you mentioned the timing of the race. It is actually a really good time here in Melbourne, if you're in Melbourne, to get together and watch some Formula One together. And I'm very happy to announce that uh, along with the Box of Neutrals Discord, our Discord server has uh, put together a watch-along party at 4.30 in the afternoon on Saturday, because don't forget it's a Saturday race, uh, Imperial Hotel, Burke Street, in Melbourne. It's a Saturday race in Vegas, isn't it? Which yeah. means it'll be Sunday here. Oh, no, well, it'll be a time. It's 4.30. The, the, it's 4.30 it says, Sunday it it our thing. time, Jim, surely. Great. Well, 4.30 Sunday <laughs> our time. I'll cut that out because I'm an idiot <laughs> and I didn't read the invitation properly. I won't cut it out. I'll leave it there. Love if that. You, if you click the link, if you go to the show notes, click the link, it says all the information there. Matt <laughs> is going to be really disappointed in me not getting that right. Uh, it's the first plug and it's clearly the other. I didn't even get that right. Uh, thank you to him for organising it all and getting the venue. Yeah, of course, it can't possibly be in the past. Uh, yes, you're right, Sunday. Unbelievable. Uh, you live permanently in the United States time zone, so there you go. Uh, <laughs> look, it's very hard to preview much more of the track because no one's ever driven around it before. Uh, so that's the preview, done it, and dusted. It looks great yeah. on, the, uh, on the video game. So Yes, yeah, yeah, it does look good. It's going to be true. a high speed. It's going to be like the... Uh, What's that new one we got in the Middle East last year? Uh, where everyone crashed? Saudi. Saudi. Yeah, it's it's a bit. It's going to be like mm. that in the sense that the sensation mm. you get of the speed and the onboard's going to look great. So yeah, it's be a very high speed circuit. So with some big braking zones, which was always fun. And hopefully, it's a track yep. that will we'll be the interesting. cars will outgrow over the next you know few years. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it'll be interesting. It's going to be a spectacle, as you say. Let's reserve judgment until we debrief the Las Vegas Grand Prix uh, this time next week. But before we wrap this one up, Campy, let's get some predictions for where you think people are going to be this weekend. Who is going to qualify on the front row for you? Uh, I'm going to go with front row is going to be Max and I'm going to go with Lewis. And for a third, yep. I'm going to go Albon because that they're going to be for qualifying. They're going to be quick this weekend. Mm. All right. So what about a podium then? Podium. Who's going to finish well, on the podium? Well, you can't not say Max because he just wins by so much. That's absolutely true. So Max, uh, I'm going to go Lewis and Danny Rick. Mm, love it. Who's tenth? Lando. Okay, good. Just want to shove him down there. So uh, I think Verstappen and Norris will be in the front row because of just the pace that they've got. Uh, podium will be Verstappen, Alonso, and then uh, Oscar Piastri because hello. And tenth will be Yuki because uh, he is getting some pace back and he needs to make up some points for the points that he lost last week. Although I don't only imagine he's only going to do one point. Well, that's it. There's not much more to not preview more this to preview. this week. Not a lot of news going on. Um, but it's been great to have your company. Thank you for joining me. Thomas J. Camp, everybody. Let's all hear it for him. Well, thank you, Pause listener. for claps. <laughs> Pause for effect. Kudos, claps. Uh, and hey, 
Good eyes, Clive. Thank you for listening. Hey, uh, we are now planning what 2024 looks like for Lakeside Drive. Yeah. So if you're interested in uh, dropping a suggestion, you can either email us at hello at lakesidedrive.com.au. Uh, the link to that will be in the description below if you're watching or if you're listening on whatever podcast platform. But you can. the best thing to do is go to our Discord server. There is a podcast suggestions uh, section there where you can just spill everything you think we should be doing, what we should not be doing. Anything's on the table for 2024. Uh, we have obviously Freya, who's based US time zone wise, and there'll be about 17 Grand Prix by the time um, 2027 <laughs> comes around for her to be able to review most of them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just interested to know your thoughts. We're all growing together. We all love it. But that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've subscribed to us on YouTube, all 880 of you, you're all bloody legends. Um, thank you so much. It's been so great to see all of your comments and uh, and get some conversation going on over there. This time next week, we'll be reviewing the Las Vegas Grand Prix where Daniel Ricciardo has announced to go to Red Bull and all will be right with the world. Campy, thank you so much for joining me. Good see you right. next week. Thank you, good sir. Thank you, listener. Have a great week. I left the door open on my canopy. Oh, no. As we're driving out. Oh, and no. everything went missing. I don't care about the sleeping bags, the tents, the work stuff. The sh- I couldn't care less. But my chainsaw, oh, mate, I've never been so grumpy in my life. By the time I got flashed, I was two hours home, two hours on the way home, and a guy pulled me over and said, oh, yeah, canopy's open. And I was oh, like, no. I, to Brian, I'm, I was like, I'm going back for the chainsaw. She's like, just buy a new chainsaw with sorting out the dog. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it now, but God, I was, mate, I was shitty. What, was your, what model is your chainsaw? Uh, MS-311 still. So. Oh. Well, if any of our uh, listeners it's are driving a, around a, Gippsland oh, way, yeah. if you see us still on the side of the road and it's a chainsaw, please send it to Common Folk Coffee Company in Mornington attached uh, for, <laughs> I don't know, send it to, to With Voldemort. With a saying, Campy, you're a peanut. <laughs> <laughs> Campy, you gum nut, courtesy of Voldemort. It'll make it it'll make its way <laughs> probably to us at some point. Who knows? Oh, oh that sounds no good. Fuming. Sports Social Podcast Network.